Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another Money Show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, J.R. Rotsford and Anthony Correo, taking a break from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors to bring you information you may not be getting on those other money shows. We realize the last thing you need is another money show, but yet here you are, and we appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. So today, I am going to jump right into the most important thing I have to say, and then we'll get to our topics and why we're here and the articles and all the usual stuff. So the most important thing, last week, Anthony, something seemed to throw you off a little bit more than usual. When I talked about the discovery of a biohazard lab in Reedling, California, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yep. So that was pretty interesting. It was found accidentally and they found like a thousand mice that were capable of carrying herpes, hepatitis, coronavirus. So... That should frighten everybody. I don't care who you are. That should be terrifying. Because if in this country we are working on ways to hurt people, that is that is very scary. You know, but there's been an update to that story, and I wanted to get this knocked out right away. So I'm reading one of my favorite daily reads, The Zero Hedge, yesterday, and there's a follow-up to that story. Newsome, that's the governor, good-looking guy. Looks a lot like you, Anthony. So Newsom funded Chinese COVID lab known to Biden's FDA. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, it, it caught my eye. So I, I went further. The discovery last month of a Chinese COVID bio lab in California shocked the nation. Are we sure about that part? Does the nation really know about this? You know, my take is still people are watching The Masked Singer and Dancing with the Stars. They're not reading Zero Hedge. They're, they're not seeing this stuff. Luckily, they have another money show on Saturdays at noon at 960 The Patriot. Anyway, so it says here, this likely came as no surprise to the state's Democrat governor, Gavin Newsom. I'm not sure why they threw in Democrat because that sounds political, but it doesn't really matter. This is terrifying. So apparently he helped fund it. <laughs> so the now notorious secret facility, which contained a massive stockpile of infectious agents including coronavirus and nearly a thousand dead lab rat mice, mice <laughs> and vials of unidentified biological fluids also likely came as no surprise to the Biden administration. The FDA last year issued a recall warning for nearly 54,000 rapid COVID tests manufactured by the company that owned this lab. I'm going to fast forward because I know you hate me reading to people. It's probably too late, but let me fast forward. So apparently, doo -doo -doo, this company is not licensed to conduct business in California, but it received a $360,000 tax credit. 
Did well, they were purchased by another company. The original company had a license. It was bought out by this new biotech, premier, whatever, biotech company. And they did not have a license under their name, even though they bought a company with a license. Okay, so the company with a license got $360,000 from the government. Is that right? Where I got my little PPP loan, which I paid back in March. But um, yeah, mine was the only one on the planet, not forgiven. But I'm not still bitter about that. Um, so what you're saying is this is okay because it was one business they got a... And this one looks like... No, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying, I don't the, the you know. Yeah, I mean, you're digging into pieces that don't necessarily matter in this story. And I think it does. If if Newsom, if the FDA, if the Biden administration, if anybody that has anything to do with anything connected to either company that owned this lab or worked the lab or drove by the lab too slowly, if they had any knowledge of this whatsoever, why didn't it come out when the lab was discovered? Months ago, by the way, or at least last week, when the economic ninja was talking about it, you you had all these people that are fairly well watched, from what I hear, talking about this. It, it should not have just come out on Wednesday, August 9th at 7, 11 a.m. That's yeah, today. Do you think any of these government officials have any idea the paperwork they're signing? Or are they just giving away money to companies that say they're pharmaceutical and they're doing research that'll help? Okay, so back. Yeah, and and my answer to you is how shameful is that? Three hundred and sixty. That's a that's a pretty big number. I mean, I I don't know. I I think they should have an idea what they're doing. They certainly tracked my little PPP loan, and that was twenty one thousand. I don't mind saying the amount. They certainly seem to know what I owed them. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think and, Gavin Newsom knew what you owed. Well, I don't live in California, so I don't think Gavin Gavin Newsom know anything about me. But you know, I certainly do think. That when I went to, I went to look at all sides of my PP, my personal PPP loan, whether or not to pay it off, to get it forgiven. And it certainly seemed to be being tracked in the small business administration at the bank that I held it at. Shout out to PNC. They were wonderful. I'm just kidding. They sucked. But anyway, um, yeah, no, it seemed like there was a lot of tracking in minutia. I can well, still go online. And and so you don't have to worry about them anymore. Right. Or oh, I can't wait to get to that. So, but in, in any way, I think that when it comes to a lab that can potentially spread a disease into our air or our water or whatever, I think people should watch closely. They should keep tabs on it. So, and you tend, you and I tend to see things differently. I get that. We kind of, I had a client in the office yesterday, brand new client. So I don't want to say her name, but she's a listener and she became a client yesterday. And I appreciate that. So she kind of liked last week's show because, you know, I mean, I kind of finally stood up to you and I was like, yeah, it does matter where they spend the money. I don't care if it's Ukraine. I don't care if it's here. Stop spending. Take away the checkbook. She liked that we got a little scrappy. And it's like, well, you and I do see things differently. And I get that. That's part of really what- you really though. I agree with all the same stuff. I love how much you like telling people that I don't see all the same stuff you are. I've prepared just as much as I can. So what else is there to do? Is this the world you want to live in where you're just miserable all of the time? Like you're actively trying to give yourself a heart attack. Like, no, actually, I thrive on this. Good. No, I mean, I, I, I thrive. I've prepared as much as I can. I've done all the advice that we give to clients. So I don't have to worry about all this. 
But like yesterday when we were talking about, I was saying that the parallel of Rome and us, you know, how we're just such a, a declining society. And you were like, no, there were nothing like that. No, I didn't say that. You always quote some meme that showed a picture of a football stadium and a State picture of the You're like, oh, here are two buildings that look alike in different countries and bad things happened in this country. So bad things are going to happen here. That, that was not what bothers me. Obviously, I see the Rome's falling analogy. I do. But you're like, how crazy is it that this football stadium looks like a Coliseum? And that was just the sign of the end times. That's the part that gets me. It is the representation. I look at the two things next to each other, the Coliseum, you know, with the open roof and then the State Farm with the Super Bowl last year, and the open roof. And I'm like, that is, that is just perfect. Because back then they gave us bread and circuses. They filled our bellies with grain. They gave us entertainment and we shut up. We didn't care about it. That's what they're doing today. The Super Bowl is the gladiator of today. You know, I mean, everybody's getting in a good mood again because Super Bowl or because football's starting. I And to me, I'm not miserable at all. I mean, I've done like you have. I've bought land. I've paid down debt. I've done everything I can do to get myself under the radar. But my job in life, managing money into the future without a crystal ball, I, I feel like it's more of a calling. I'm sounding alarms. I mean, I am really, it's I, my whole thing. I want to wake people up. If they start reading the stuff that I do and they're aware of it, I don't want them to stroke out. You know, I make jokes about having a stroke. I'm sure I will just because of what I eat and how little I exercise. But I mean, I'm not stressed at all about this. I find it exciting. I think we're living in history. I, I got to agree with JR though. I don't think he's stressed out. You telling me, Ant, that a guy who's miserable and stressed out has the ability to change his mic flag around every week. So you guys are mismatched on your mic flag, which, by the way, people can can check out and check out these beautiful mic flags that JR and Anthony have on the YouTube page. Visit YouTube.com. Another money show. Beautiful. Very much, Jim. Very nice, Jim. Thank you very for coming. By the way, um, how can people contact voice. you? And what's the name of the uh, gal, the lady that came in and has become a client? Of course, somebody that we gained via the radio show, via the podcast that is now your client. What is her name? How can people reach out to you? And where can people go to check out those mic flags? YouTube.com. Awesome. Jim, this is awesome. Another money yeah. show. We are really bad at touting ourselves. And so, yeah, no, her name is Lori. I don't think she'd mind her first name given out. Um, she's she's a wonderful fit for us because she's very fiscally conservative. She's very responsible. And she can find us at AM 960, The Patriot, every Saturday at noon or wherever she finds her favorite podcast. And we have we have had about a two-week break on the YouTube channel because compliance wants us to start putting a disclosure on there. So we're in the works of doing that. So don't give up on us on the YouTube channel. We re if you haven't checked it out. all done already, Jim? I thought that was going to be a pretty straightforward process. It's it's pretty straightforward, pretty um, linear, as they call it. Yeah. So as the kids say, we're good to release uh, YouTube clips again. We are. People just have to visit YouTube.com slash Money Show. Video shorts and clips from episodes in this show. All right, Doug. Doug, did you hear that? It's time. It's time. We need guerrilla marketing going on. We need all kinds of activity to resume our YouTube lifestyle. So, Good. Back so then to you can rage and be all upset and then tell everybody that you're calm and collective and cool. I can. And you know what? The funny thing, it's one of the things about all the stuff that we read, it seems 
to me. So let me start there. My impression is that you downplay most of it and I upplay it. I emphasize how weird everything is. You know, you're still the guy who's like, there's always been something to worry about. And I'm the guy that's like, you are absolutely correct. But now there's 10 to 15 things to worry about at one time. I mean, when, when I'm reading that politicians very well may have, may have, I don't know, there's no proof here. You know, when you, when you read an article, it's an opinion. You know, I mean, looking back, we have facts. Looking forward, we have opinions. But this one's kind of looking back. If any politicians at all knew anything about this, they should have at least because of optics and so forth, they should have come forth last week or two months ago and said, yeah, yeah, this was a different company we gave money to. Don't let me find it on Zero Hedge. So, and I, and I think about all this, why do people not see what I'm seeing? Because they're busy. They go to work. They have kids. They've, they've got church on Sunday. They've got all this stuff to do. So they don't have time to do what I'm doing. A big part of my job, the reason I don't get enough sleep, the reason that I, that I you know feel like I'm always hyper, I take the time to gather all this information like a little sponge, package it, and give it to you guys once a week so you don't have to. I have had people that tell me some of what I'm saying is kind of out there or far-fetched, and my offer has been so, prove me wrong. Show me whatever you single in, and I'll show you you know, what I found. I try to vet and verify things as much as I can, and then you find your information on how I'm wrong, and then I will publicly apologize. I will say what story I talked about and why it was wrong. Nobody yet has taken me up on that. We've been on the radio for a year and three or so months, and that hasn't happened, but I don't know. So why... Are people so complacent? If there's all these things going on, why, why don't they care? I haven't taken this off the shelf in a while. There's a term called normalcy bias. It's a psychological term. Let me read the quick version from Wikipedia. Normalcy bias is a cognitive bias which leads people to disbelieve or minimize threat warnings. Consequently, individuals underestimate the likelihood of a disaster when it might affect them, its potential adverse effects, the normalcy bias causes many people to not adequately prepare for natural disasters, market crashes, and calamities caused by human error. So basically, you know, the ostrich effect, basically it's a lot safer. People are a lot happier if they watch TV and they don't do what I'm doing, which is looking for what could go wrong. You know, and I'm definitely... I always tell people I'm not a I'm not a pessimist. I'm not an optimist. I'm a realist. If if I find enough information that doesn't make sense, I call it out. I question it. And believe me, these last couple years, I got plenty of ammunition. You know, and you know, one of the things that I tend to do, this is this is one thing I will slam myself. I'll cut myself down. I try to connect dots. Sometimes that makes me stretch. You know, I mean I, I've got one here I was gonna bring up later, but now's a great time to to read it to you. FEMA and the FCC plan a nationwide emergency alert test for October 4th, 2023. How many people are going to see this, read it, hear about it? You know, maybe one-tenth of one percent of the of the country. You know, we, we had this once before. We had it where all the cell phones went off. Well, th- this is going to happen again. The national test will consist of two portions, testing the WEA and the EAS capabilities, both scheduled to begin approximately 220, 2.20, not 2 or 2.30, because that would make too much sense. Surprised it wasn't 2.17, Eastern time on Wednesday, October 4th. And this is from the FEMA website. That's another thing I check out regularly. By the way, FEMA recommends you have a go bag. 
FEMA recommends you keep food and water at home, FEMA does. So it's not just JR and Anthony. So, and it says here, it's going to be the test message will display in either English or Spanish, depending on the language settings of the wireless handset. That's good because we have a lot of Spanish speakers in this country. So, and then it says here, this, what I was looking for is why, like, why are you telling me about this? In the military, there's a term, the need to know basis. You know, just do this, just do it. Don't let somebody like me start, you know, talking about this and why on earth they need to do this. The purpose, this is all they say about why, of the October 4th test is to ensure that the systems continue to be an effective means of warning the public about emergencies, particularly those on a national level, in case the October 4th test is postponed due to widespread severe weather, this is the part that I keyed into, or other significant events, ooh, we're all going to die, the backup testing date is October 11th. So, you know, while a lot of the uh, politicians got themselves satellite phones, at least they're still going to ping my regular phone and let me know that, you know, we're being invaded or whatever's going on. So, I, I and it's a stretch because you and most people would say it's it, they're just testing something to make sure they can get to us and reach us. I just, I think the world's so chaotic. I mean, to me, I do have to stretch and say there's a lot going on and there could be a reason that they need to do this and it's coming up quickly. You know, a couple of the other, I'll just read the headline, a couple of these articles because I don't think we'll have time to get to them today. China and Russia sent huge naval flotilla towards Alaska. U.S. responds by dispatching destroyers. That was on Sunday, August 6th. I'm guessing most people have no idea that happened. And I just to read one little line, one analyst and retired Navy captain cited in the report that this was a historical first and highly provocative, particularly given the backdrop of the raging Ukraine war and rising Taiwan tensions. So and this, it basically said that there's never been a show of force like this near Alaska. And we know that there's been jet fighters that are playing chicken around Alaska. The last year has been interesting over there. So, and then the next article I read, <laughs> 3,000 U.S. troops enter Gulf region in latest escalation with Iran. So the last article shows that Russia and, you know, Russia and China are friends now. So it shows that Russia and China have sent ships towards our country. And then the next thing I read is about troops going to Iran. How thin can we get the military right now? I mean, you know, the big one is China and Taiwan. That region, that that will be a big one. You've got North Korea that always wants to remain relevant. So there's a good chance that they'll be shooting off their fireworks if something happens. So, but if, if we're dealing with Iran and we're dealing with China and Russia, I don't know. I mean, you know, I watch the military and I'm not trying to get political once again, but I've watched the politicians do their best to gut the military. I watched years ago when they were trying to call, they were asking, you know, officers if they could, I don't want to get too deep in this, but they were asking if they could shoot American citizens. That's frightening. I'm watching the media campaigns, or at least what I can find on them. You know, I'm hearing that the the Navy wants to recruit transgenders and I mean, recruit whoever you want. We need people. You know, some of the articles that I have read frighten me personally because Anthony at your age, Jim at your age, my younger son, Jay, at his age, you guys are going to be in this. I'm too old and fat and lazy to show up. Ordering selected reserve and certain members of the individual ready reserve of the armed forces to active duty. So apparently Biden is signing some orders 
currently to activate some reserve people. You know, and here I go stretching and reaching again. Could we have a draft coming up? Could we actually bring back the draft? Well, yeah, we're going to have to. Most of the people that, you know, volunteer to serve that they don't want to. There's a lot of smart people that are younger, apparently. And, you know, we do have a problem in this country with obesity and drugs. So the the military, you know, it, it is something to watch. And we have porous borders. So we don't know who's in this country. So if we're over in Iran dealing with them, we're over in China dealing with Taiwan, we're worried about Ukraine. What if we got attacked in this country? Is this is this all way too much, Anthony? Should I should I bring it back down to uh, you know the the banks? Should I get back to the banks or? I don't know. Apparently, people prefer listening to you anyway. So keep doing your thing. I'll definitely listen to me. I definitely like listening to me more than I like listening to you. But that's just me. No, people love that we go back and forth. And by the way, I mean Mike, our our attorney friend, wants more Anthony. So boo. So. Uh, and one last thing, you know me with money. Let me tie that. You know the military thing. What I'm getting at so far, we're not safe. If you don't see that, I'm sorry. I can give you. I can give you some information to to point to the fact this country is not safe. But financially, you know, I'm always harping about the fact that that if you're telling active duty military they should apply for food stamps because we realize we're not paying them enough, that is problematic. And then you couple that with with, with the fact that. You know, people are, are still getting injured in the world. People are getting purple hearts. You got people that, that, you know, lose a leg with an ID and they come back here and we don't take care of them. You know, I'm the only one you've ever met who's a veteran that, that's not a big fan of the Wounded Warrior Project. I love the idea. I want to help our veterans. I, you know what I don't want to do for our veterans? I don't want to pass the hat. I don't want to have a GoFundMe account for somebody that lost an arm or a leg. You know, if you can spend $42 billion in Ukraine, you stop it spend $42 billion in this country on our wounded warriors so we don't have to have a GoFundMe account. So that's the quick version of that. I get angry. I read an article. I've, you know, Nick is, is still in Okinawa, Japan. His wife is getting ready to work for a government contractor over there. And he was asking about tax forms yesterday. So I started looking up the tax forms. It leads me down my usual little rabbit hole. And I got to an article here, overseas and under the poverty line, the system that keeps so many military <laughs> spouses abroad unemployed. So I look at this thing. They they don't want military spouses to work when they're overseas. It's like, well, you don't pay our soldiers enough money. And, and now you're saying you don't want the spouses to work. Let me just read a hair of this because we're probably getting close to break already. So Naples, Italy. For thousands of U.S. military families, an overseas assignment means living on the edge of poverty. That's a dang shame if we have enough money to give to other countries. In Europe, nearly 7,000 U.S. service members or their spouses or children were in danger in this past year of not having enough to eat, the Defense Department data shows. That's a shame. Those military families qualified for a low-income program designed to ensure that pregnant women, babies, and toddlers don't go hungry. The reason for that hardship after being sent to Europe is rooted in a loss of income resulting from U.S. and NATO country prohibitions that keep military spouses from working overseas. Uh, one last thing here. It says here, the, the harm to military families doesn't end there. The rules have created a pipeline of highly skilled, cheap, and in many cases free labor exploited by military hospitals and other base 
organizations. What they're basically doing is saying to spouses to volunteer. Let me, one last thing. For example, military spouses who are nurses, physical therapists, or other medical professionals told Stars and Stripes, that's the publication this is from, they were encouraged to give up as much as 40 hours a week to the American Red Cross or other organizations in the hope that doing so could lead to an eventual paid position. So you're not paying the airmen, the, the you're not paying these people enough money. And then you're telling their spouses not to work. You're telling them to volunteer. And then you're telling us to go on food stamps. And then you're sending money to Ukraine. Yeah. So, well, that's not because we don't have the money. The United States military outspends the next 10 countries. So why is it? So we have money. They're not allocating it correctly. They're choosing to screw over their soldiers. So it's not that we don't have the money. We have the money. That's the same story across the board with this country in general. The money is there. We have the wealth. Where they said there's a prohibition for other countries. So you will let us come and help you stay safe. You will let us deploy our people to your country, but you won't let them work. Go to sleep. Yeah, it gets so, I don't know. I'm so angry. I'm angry with the world. Not angry enough to stroke out though today. Today I'm in a good mood. I feel healthy and happy. I had a cup of coffee and some Twizzlers for breakfast, so life is good. Why don't we do this? I think we have to ease into break time. And then when we get back, I would like to- Two minutes, We have two minutes. That's actually, that's a long time. So what do you want to talk about for two minutes? You know what? We we should tease what we're going to get into after the break. We talked last week a little bit about wages and wage inflation and that sort of thing. I would like to finish that up because you said something. You said something about, you know, how wages are just, they're so stagnant. Jim found a couple of clips for us to play. And I do want to add my personal experience to wages and how things have changed, if that's okay. So let's do this. Let's take a break. And you can find us at anothermoneyshow.com. You can email your questions and or complaints about Anthony to team at anothermoneyshow.com. Or give us a call. Go old school and call us. 623-523-0444. When we get back, we're going to talk about wages, and then we're going to get into my very favorite subject ever, the banks. Thanks for being with us. Like what you're hearing? You can watch the show, too. Visit YouTube.com and search Another Money Show to watch clips from this program. Sound familiar? I'm Jim Tarabokia with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. Millions upon millions of credit card transactions are processed across the U.S. every day. CreditCards.com senior analyst Ted Rossman told CBS News recently, more than a third of U.S. adults are carrying credit card debt. Right now, credit card balances are at records. We're seeing more people carrying debt, and we're seeing interest rates at record highs. So I think this just calls to importance the need to pay it off. Furthermore, a recent report from LendingTree.com says that Americans have put themselves in a $986 billion hole of credit card debt. And while Americans don't shy away from trying to score reward-based incentives and take advantage of the perceived positives in a credit card-based system, it does beg the question, is cash still king? Paying for items in cash presents opportunities to reap specific benefits instead of paying credit. Cash payments take away the worry of having to pay credit card fees or interest. And maybe the most significant reason, 
You own what you purchase rather than owe. While paying in cash offers a different and safer way to manage your money, there's a growing trend in society of various businesses going cashless. However, paying in cash at various restaurants and coffee shops or even the doctor's office could prove financially beneficial for your household balance sheet. Using cash instead of credit, part of our 23 cost cutters for 2023. For the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Jim Taraboki. You're listening to Another Money Show. Welcome back to Another Money Show. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it as always. So before the break, we brought up wages. Last week, we, we talked a little bit about how wages are not keeping up, you know, with, with the expense, gas prices, which by the way are going up, I'm sure you noticed. Um, you know, the housing market, everything's really expensive. And then you add the inflation that we've had the last year, year and a half, you know, the transitory inflation, and it's it's really hard for people to get along. Anthony, you talked about how years ago cars, homes were really cheap and and wages, you know, no, they have not kept up, but something I wanted to add to that. And I thought about it later. We tend to live to whatever we make. So, if you're somebody that makes six figures or more, you probably have a bigger house, you have a newer, nicer car. We live to what we make. But the, I think the point that you have is that it's, it's really noticeable how the rich are getting richer, the poor are always hovering, and the middle class is shrinking. Is that, is that fair to say? The inequality. Is that oh, it's the- gotten huge. I mean, there's no, there's no real chance for people to... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say there's no real chance. Like, I'm like, you know, pretty heavy middle class. I'm doing okay. But I couldn't support a family on my own or children or anything like that like you used to before. I mean, you've got this clip that you want to play that's going to say that wages, uh, I can't remember what the time frame was, but have gone up like 28%. I was like, ooh, 28%, that's fine. But if homes costs have gone up 100% and other costs have gone up 50 plus percent, and then college is always my favorite example because college is up like 1,200%. Like, it's not the same day and age that you grew up on. So to hear people your age, you know, talking down to millennials and all these, it's not about work ethic or anything like that. It's there's they're not being paid to do a job. You guys got paid to do a job and to live off of that. And we can't anymore. It's not apples to apples comparison because wages haven't kept up. It's not the same day and age that it used to be. And it's only getting worse. That's my Rarely enough, I am going to agree with you, but then I'm going to disagree on something. I very much can say that the work ethic has changed. I think you are correct. I don't think wages have kept pace with inflation or the cost of living. I agree with that. I mean, I see it. You know, we're we're paying for Jay's college. I mean, I I can't imagine. And by the way, I hope it's worth it. Yesterday at the West Men's, you know, the happy hour. We talked to a guy named Jim who he was like, you know, when I interview people, I, I want people that came from tech school. I want people that I get to know. I don't want college graduates because they learn all this stuff that has nothing to do with skills for the workplace. So he's like, college is actually a deterrent in his hiring, which was shocking to hear. You know, I mean, Jay wants to be a dentist, so he has to go to school. There's no way around that. You know, you can't be, well, I guess he could go to Mexico or Ukraine or somewhere and be an unlicensed dentist. But anyway, so, you know, is college even worth it? That's another subject. But it is crazy, crazy, crazy expensive. And it's ridiculous. But I also, I do look at younger workers. And this is not a fault. I mean, this is probably really smart. They value, from my opinion, they value time more than money. They value experiences 
more than saving. I mean, you know, we always talk about how little people have saved up and that's generational. You know, baby boomers are the last generation of, of really, you know, wealth to transfer. You know, a lot of that, I, I'm guessing what you would say is because we had better opportunities. Things were cheaper. We were able to have more money. You know, uh, you know, I look at these senior communities around us and I'm like, they better all take all tax because, you know, my generation is the last one that's going to have enough money to go into these places. I, I think it, it is true that we have a problem on our hands with wages keeping pace. But I also, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I, every time I ever make my way into a fast food place and I try to get something as simple as, you know, a, a happy meal at McDonald's, it, it seems like the incompetence is crazy. You know, you never, ever should you go through a drive-thru because you, when your order is wrong, you don't find out till you get home. You know, the, the people are rude. It's, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm seeing a work ethic that I think is slipping, but you know, maybe it's just me, Archie Bunker, get off my lawn. You know, I am a, a, a baby boomer, so maybe it's just me. But I, I do see both sides of that, and I think it's bad on both sides. So how do we fix it? We talk about the banks. I mean, obviously, you know, what's Are going on. First. Ah, uh, geez. This is, you know, this part's boring me. I want to get back to why the world's ending. Yeah, Jim, if you can sneak that clip and that's, that's going to the banks. Wages in America have stagnated since the early 1970s. But it was 1979 when the gap between workers' productivity and wage began to substantially increase. Between 1979 and 2020, workers' wages grew by 17.5%, while productivity grew over three times as fast at 61.8%. It's not true that wages haven't grown at all. They have, but they haven't grown as quickly as they had in the past. All right. You know, the, the good thing about me when I'm railing on stuff, I have interest in it when I'm talking about wages and disparity, and I, I just don't care. I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, you know, what? Wh- what a younger's work about. What are you going to do about it? You're the younger worker. Fix it. I don't know. I mean, if if the disparity is too much and you think that the free market system is broken and you think that people should make $16 an hour for flipping a burger, do it. Vote in the right people. Fix it. I mean, you had an opportunity to have the commander in chief be Andrew Yang and it, and it didn't didn't happen. I mean, if if next generations want universal basic income, whatever they want, if they want to equalize things in this country, have at it. I'm not, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be up at my satellite office in Snowflake, kicking back, shooting the old 22 off the front porch. Well, universal basic income shouldn't even really be on the table. But again, they're not raising wages. They played that clip. They said if you're a super high high up executive, you know, you're up 170 something percent, you know, and a wage that was already extremely high. Yeah. Universal basic income's in the mix because we're not paying people. Just like you just spent so much time complaining about trying to get soldiers on food stamps. We shouldn't be doing that. We have the, we spend an insane amount of money on our military and none of it goes to the people fighting. That's why we have wounded warriors. That's why our soldiers are on food stamps. There's plenty of money in this country. There is no money in this country. We're 32 trillion in debt. I don't well, know the answer. Somehow we still have almost a trillion dollar military budget, so there's money somewhere. And you're right. Where's it going? You know, you're right. In the corporate world, it's the CEO making 400 times, you know, the average hourly wage of the workers that are doing all the work. It's it sucks. It's not right. You know, it's it's not good. The military, the officers, you know, it's it's going to bloated programs. It's going to, you know, companies that make the jets for these people that are charging exorbitant fees. You know, same thing in in Sandy's world. Being a teacher, you know, the teachers that are, you know, doing all the work in the classroom, 
they're way underpaid. When you look at some of the administrative staff, they're paid okay. It's like, I don't know. I have been, you know, what do we do? Do we be like other countries and go to a, you know, a more controlled wealth? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, I, we're living in history. I can't wait to see what happens next. I think the country's going to change dramatically. Maybe a lot of this stuff will smooth out. You know, maybe, maybe we are going to go into a recession, then maybe even a depression. Tons of people are going to lose their jobs. You know, we're already losing their jobs and we're at all time highs in the stock market and corporate profits and we're still firing people at a casual, just a casual rate. No, so it doesn't matter. None of this matters. What, What does matter then? What do we do? I mean, what do we do about this stuff? Do we just say it doesn't matter? Turn the page? I mean, I, well, no, I, I guess I said it shouldn't matter. It's just trying to figure out how to, to phrase this. It's just, it's funny because you can't really get a grasp on what the real situation is because you have so many supposedly positive things bleeding into so many negative things, but we're still not even at a negative yet. We're not quite there. It's on the cusp. It's definitely there. You know, we talked about uh, yellow trucking stock being up a couple hundred percent since uh, declaring bankruptcy. You know, none of this stuff makes sense. Actions have no consequences. And it'll get to a point where you know, we can't fight that anymore. But how long? And that I don't know. And I did check on yellow stock this morning. It was d- just today in the last 24 hours. It's down 20.45%. It's now at $2.45 a share. How, how, once you file bankruptcy, how is it even still listed? You know, stocks can go away. You know, they can delist stocks and then you have a certificate worth nothing. You know, why? You brought up on a Hertz. Hertz did the exact same thing. The They declared bankruptcy. The stock shot up. It then got delisted and now it is back. So people can profit on it again, except for the original shareholders who got screwed. Do you remember me ever saying that the stock market is full of crap? Did you remember me ever saying the Dow Jones at 30 companies that are interchangeable is manipulation? High frequency trading computers are baloney. You know, offshore trading accounts, you know, giving tax breaks to Apple. You know, I mean, all of this stuff is manipulated and rigged. So what do we expect? The whole thing is rigged. You know, I mean, what should we do about it? Real, real simple. You want a list? Grab a pen, kids. Here's what you should do. Pay down debt. Put some cash at home. (laughs) Buy hard assets. You want to talk about guns, gold, ammo, silver, water, food, alcohol, tobaccos, tower gardens. Let's talk about that. And once you get everything as defensive as you can and you still have money for retirement planning, in case I'm right, but not for 20 years, talk to Anthony. Let's teach you about asset-based long-term care. Let's teach you about CD alternatives. Paying about the same thing as banks, but you're out of the banks which has 1.1% FDIC insurance coverage for you lucky kids to have 250000 or under. You know, how about income you can never outlive? So we have these ideas for people to weather all this because believe me, sooner or later, stuff is going to change. You know, I, I call the Dow the Teflon Dow now. It's having some big cracks in again this week, but I said that three weeks ago and then it shot right you back. say up. that all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yep, because it's all baloney. But yet it's still at 35,000. The Dow is at 35,000, so no harm, no foul. You know, I mean, I'm reading all these articles. I'm talking about all this stuff. I uh, shout out to my buddy Leon. I've got a friend Leon up in Snowflake. And he's. it's funny that Leon's been stepping up to the plate. He must have gotten jealous by hearing about Michael C. So Leon's sending me some stuff. Here's, here's what he sent to me on Monday. The Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis reported Friday that Americans now owe $1 trillion in credit card debt, a historic 
and troubling record. The number comes as some credit card interest rates have hit their highest level in 40 years. A recent Wallet Hub study found the average interest rate for new offers, which are often offered at a discount compared to the standard rate, is now 22.39%, a sharp increase from the $18.89 percent one year ago. Previous years held similar averages with 17.06% in 2010. The research group attributes the increase to the recent Federal Reserve hikes. Yeah, you think? You think? I mean, everything's moving. You know, if you get a mortgage, I looked at that this morning, do you realize a new 30-year fixed mortgage is about 7.5%? A year and a half ago, a 30-year fix was about 3%. You did a 15-year again in the two range. This is insane. By yeah, the way, this is what levels should be. We yes. never should have had rates that low. And the only reason rates were that low is to keep up the stock market. That's all they did. They allowed for free money to keep up the market. That's why in December, uh, Q4 of December, or Q4 of 2018, when the Fed started to raise rates, the market threw a fit and they gave in and then lowered them again. And then uh, March of 2020, they had no ammunition to fight COVID. So rates dropped to zero. Which caused them to print all this money, to which caused them all you know all this inflation that we're seeing, and in order to raise rates, we had a very slow race to not actually fight the inflation itself. Yes. So how does it end? They they can only do that so many times. You know when I talk about banks and bail-ins versus bailouts, when I talk about quantitative easing, troubled asset relief programs, how many times can they get away with it? Every time that we do this stuff, the country gets weaker. We're up to thirty-two trillion in debt. By the way, you know when you hear credit card debt has popped over a trillion, amateurs, a trillion—that's nothing. You know when I was new in the industry, I didn't hear the word trillions. Or there were billions. It was billions twenty-six years ago. Now it's trillions. So I don't know. And sooner or later, things are going to give. So we'll see. You know, is it going to be the military side, and we're going to be unsafe? Is it going to be the debt tipping? Is it going to be the central bank digital currency? I mean, who knows? But I, I know that there's so many things on the table. Something is going to give. Speaking of giving, we got to get into the banks. We have to get into the banks. This was an exciting week when Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic, when those things were going on, the country freaked. People were like, do I pull my money? We had phone calls. We had clients ask us what to do. Luckily, most people that have been anywhere near us already knew to pay down debt, buy hard assets, keep some cash, don't keep too much of the banks. So, But anyway, it, it went away. And I continuously said it didn't go away. They stopped talking about it. Whatever the media feeds us is what we're worried about. I was telling people there's still an outflow from these banks. And I guess maybe I was right because last week I got to talk about Heartland Bank and Westpac or whatever it is. So there's still weirdness of the banks. Well, apparently yesterday Moody's downgrades credit ratings for 10 banks plus put six others on notice. So that's that's an article I read. And I started thinking about that. You know, Fitch downgraded the entire country. Moody's is going to come in and downgrade banks. The S&P are going to come in and downgrade another money show. And that'll be the last thing they ever do. So, but the this thing with the banks, they and they name names here. The agency downgraded the credit ratings of 10 mid-sized banks by one notch, only one notch. They were... M&T Bank, 
Webster Bank, Pinnacle Financial Partners, BOK, Associated Bank Corp, Old National Bank Corp, Armorillo National Bank, Prosperity Bank, and Fulton Financial Corporation. It also assigned a negative outlook to six top-tier lenders, Bank of New York Mellon, U.S. Bank Corp., State Street Corp., Truist Financial Corp., I say corp because it's a lot faster than corporation, Northern Trust Corp., and Cullen Frost Bankers, placing them on review for a potential future downgrade. You know what is not in this article? Ally. You and I, Anthony, have been telling people for five years, go to Ally because they're given the highest rates. Ally is in deep, deep trouble. I pulled a few articles yesterday about Ally, and, I, and I'm saying this on purpose because we know some of our clients listen to us. Maybe it's time that we reevaluate our advice on where to get rates. Ally is a shell game to begin with. It was the old GMAC bank. And then during the huge problem of roughly October of 07 through March of 09, Ally Bank, or I'm sorry, GMAC kind of went away. GM kind of went away. <laughs> and then they came back all purpled up. They came back as Ally Bank. Well, here's the problem. With Ally Bank, they have a huge, they have a huge car loan percentage on their books. So all of the banks, big banks, little banks, credit unions, regional, doesn't matter. They, they have problems. They've got all their money on derivatives. They've got mortgage-backed securities. They don't have any money. We know that. Go ahead and go to your bank and ask them for 20 grand, see what you get. We had a client do that yesterday. She was told she'd get five. They have to order the rest. They have to make appointments. She's got the money. It's like, it's my money. Give it to me. Well, it's not your money if you can't have it. So that, that is a bail-in of sorts that's going on now. But anyway, so GMAC Bank went away. Ally came back all purpled up. And now they still have a huge part of their portfolio is on auto loans. Are you paying attention to what's going on with auto loans? <laughs> the subprime auto loans are worse, but people are taking longer and longer notes. They're paying higher percentages. Well, the default rate is going up. So not only does Ally Bank have to worry about the interest rates going up like all the other banks have to worry about and the mortgage-backed securities, you have to add, they have to be very concerned if the auto loan default rate rises. So it's a double-edged sword there. It's a little double whammy over at the Ally. So be careful. And, and my whole advice to people, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed <laughs> since 2008, 9, and 10 when I really looked into the banks more. I don't keep too much of the banks. Here's a strategy for you. If you've got a whole bunch of money in the bank, pull some in cash, pay off your credit cards. If you have a big purchase coming up, pay for it in cash. You know, use your money better. Get it into insurance companies. We have the best rates we've had in 15 years and they have guarantees. They, ha they have guarantees at the insurance companies. More than the Does one point- the bank have FDIC guarantees, Chair? Yes, they do. I'm glad you asked. And as you point out to people, take your little happy butt Go over to FDIC.gov. They don't make it easy. It's not on the front page. Look for DIF, the Depositor Insurance Fund. And then you will find they have roughly 1.1% coverage of your covered accounts, meaning under 250000 If you have over that, you're not supposed to get any money if we have a modern day run of the banks, which we're in the uh, middle of, by the way. Is it going to get worse? I don't know. It seems to be going that way. But you, you'll be okay if you have billions. If you have millions, you should be okay. From what I've seen so far, if you have money like the middle class, you are in trouble. So act accordingly. I would never right now recommend to anybody 
to buy and or hold a safe deposit box. In my mind, it's more in my mind. This is my opinion, allegedly. In my mind, it's more than a 50-50 chance right now. It's a coin toss that we literally are going to have a bank holiday. The banks are going to close their doors. I wasn't super happy when I thought it was a 10% chance, when it was a 20, when it was a 30. I mean, me, in my mind, it's more than a 50% chance now. Cyprus, Greece, Venezuela, Brazil, Argentina, the rest of the world has trials and tribulations. This country does not. But yeah, I think we're going to get a big one. This this whole thing with Moody's and, and Fitch and all these people downgrading stuff. Yeah, who cares? Nobody takes any action. There's no consequences. All the stuff that you say, Anthony, you're right. Well, I don't know. I mean, the people who listen to us, I mean, we're bettering their situation and lessening their risk. I think that's a good thing. So, and and I, I am convinced that everything that was going on in March, April, May, June, July with the banks, with the media stop telling us, it has not stopped. It's still going on. So act accordingly, you know, come see us. We will tell you what to do. You know, it, it's it's so funny. Every week we sound alarms. We want you proactive and not reactive. You know, we want you... Uh, <laughs> we want to prepare, not scared, you know, but there's people that listen to us. We're finding new ones each week. So if you're a long time listener, we want today to formally and personally invite you to come in and meet with us, sit down with us. If we can help your situation, we're going to do that. If we can't, it's certainly going to be interesting. You know, we had a guy named Jason come in a few weeks ago. There's nothing we can do for Jason at this point in his life or ours, but we had an amazing conversation. Jason, I know you're listening. Jason has been sending me all kinds of stuff and it's really good. Jason is wide awake. It's funny because that's what we want. We want to get to know our listeners. So give us a call, 623-523-0444. And we promise you, we will take care of you in the right way. My whole industry is so slimy. Pressure, quotas, you know, I mean, it's just if, if you're the most honest advisor on the planet, if you don't make sales, believe me, you're out of your cubicle or out of your corner office within six months. So we don't have those pressures or quotas. We are fully independent, fourth generation, family practice, veteran owned. You know, I, I heard an ad by my buddy Fisher again. I won't say his first name because I don't want to get sued for slander. And it, and it talked again about how bad annuities are. And the big tout was that he's a fiduciary. And I thought about that. So you're a fiduciary. Fiduciary means do what's in the class beds interest. I mean, that's the bottom line of it. It's do what's right for the client at all given times, right? So, but you say you won't do annuities. You will only do managed money. Uh, you've got exit strategies and we'll put you into short-term bonds if the equities go south. That's great. That's great. So are you telling me that you don't think it would be a little more full service if I came and sat down with you, which I'll never get you, but into your firm? What if I want lifetime income? How are you going to do that with your managed money? What If you give people stocks and bonds and CDs and any financial instrument you can, if we have a correction, we lose 50% of it, they've got 50% less money. If I tell you, I'm going to give you, and I think it's like a half million dollars to even start with them, by the way, but if I'm going to give you a half million dollars and I want to make sure I'm never eating cat food or out on the street, so I want lifetime income, what are you going to do for me? You're a fiduciary. You dang well better be able to do a fixed lifetime annuity for me. And yes, if I die, my beneficiary gets the money. I mean, I want certain things in my financial planning. And you're basically saying you can't do those things. So you're not, I, in my eyes, you're not a true fiduciary. Anthony, can you do managed money like Ken? Yep. Oh, said the wrong name. Can you uh, do lifetime income like what I want? Yep. All right. I feel like you are a better fiduciary than some of these big high power suit wearing TV guys. But that's just me. We only have, we only have a couple more minutes. I have all these articles sitting in front of me. 
the strategic oil reserve. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, you don't need any of those articles. I tell you this all the time. But what you said, there's new stuff going on at Wells, and you know Wells is my favorite person to talk about. So what else? Wells. Yes, Wells Fargo, you're back in the news. Apparently now, <laughs> last week, Wells Fargo had a bunch of complaints about missing deposits. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And, you know, they're always going to say it's a it's a glitch. You know, we're, we're testing new servers. There's always some reason. And I'm like, I don't want to hear your excuses. I just want my money. But that's just me. And then, you know me, with spider holes and rabbit trails and all that stuff. Then I, I go to another article. Wells Fargo to pay $125 million in WhatsApp crackdown. You know how financial advisors are supposed to be very careful with compliance? If we send an email to a client, if it's client correspondence, we are supposed to make sure we retain said email. We're supposed to make sure it goes through our client, our uh, compliance department. The, the, these advisors, apparently, at Wells Fargo, thought they could use Snapchat and WhatsApp and all these other things to get around that, and they got caught. And it's other banks too. It's, well, it's other- Chase, yeah, Chase just got fined for that too. We talked about that a couple months ago. What about B of A? Did they get caught up in that too? Probably. I need to dig further. So Wall Street's new WhatsApp fine takes past. Okay, so Wall Street's new WhatsApp fines take tab past two point five billion dollars. That was as of yesterday, August eighth. You know, all the way into that. I mean, you already said what it is. This is where they're getting fined again for trying to bypass, you know, communication laws. So what else has Wells done? Good work on stopping me from reading. I, yeah, we what happened to left, and you're going to just sit there and read articles. You don't have to read to people. You know, they can read them themselves. Tell them it's the news. Right. Tell them what the article says, Jer. Tell them what it says. I read can't it. Do that. It's got pictures. I get. I my ADD brings me over there. You know. So two minutes left. We better talk. Apparently, the Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg brawl is back on. It's going to be on X or Twitter. So if you want to talk about important financial information that the country can wrap their mind around, they're going to fight. And I cannot wait. Yeah. See, again, you're just wrapped up in uh, the mask singer now. These are things that don't matter. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Good job. You're just as bad as mom now. Thanks, Cher. (laughs) Oh, don't say that. I mean, she's perfect. So one last thing. Gas prices are rising. 401ks are starting to struggle. There is a record amount of money being pulled out of 401ks. I need to dig into that for next week a little bit. So there, there's a lot of weirdness on the table. I'm yeah, glad you happened right. by. So I tell you about that. it. Anyway, yeah. so that's it for today's show. If you like what you heard, you have questions on any of the topics today, or you want to sit down with us to review your personal situation, you reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web. Uh, anothermoneyshow.com listen to another money show wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts also on the website again if you want to sit with us there's no minimums there's no cost for appointments there's nothing to lose by getting a, a second opinion on your financial situation like jr said i mean even if you don't become clients which is totally fine we can put you at least give you a plan put something together for you so you can move forward and better your situation so Reach out. We would love to help. Until then, uh, we'll see you next Saturday right here on 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer.